A hooded fluorescent light over the elevated ring glared down on two beefy guys who lunged at each other. Hands slapped loudly as they parried grabs for an arm or neck. Suddenly, one of the men jabbed a hand under his opponent's jaw and dropped in one smooth move to scissor his legs and smack them into the thick calves of the other. Roaring in anger, the victim landed face down and hard. The crash filled the room like half a ton of washers dumped on sheet iron and made the following silence even deeper. Breaths rasping, they lay on the stained canvas, which still bounced gently. The odors of liniment, sweat, something like onion, and something else indefinable that may have been oily dirt mixed in the thick air. In the gloom beyond the ropes, a line of folding chairs was crammed between the platform and the yellow wall. Their backs caught the ring light like a row of bared teeth. One of the teeth was blacked out by a shirtless man who wore a towel draped over heavy, sloping shoulders. You feel that? He wiped his face with the towel. You feel that deck pop when you went down? One of the men in the ring stirred and grunted. The other muttered as he pulled his legs up and flopped over on his back, arms spread wide to cool. What? What'd you say? I said it fucking knocked the wind out of me. Maybe it'll knock some of the crap out of you, too. Teach you what wrestling's all about. Do it again. Hand signs. Baby face gives the stiff arm, heel does the scissor kick and layout. Get the timing down. Get the goddamn timing down. He added, And remember, we got kids in the audience. In the ring, you watch your goddamn language, or we'll lose the little bastards for the Christian Wrestling League. The two men hauled themselves to their feet wearily, thumbs hoisting the tops of their sweat-splotched tights, and began to circle each other again. Mr. Litke, the representative of the Touchstone Agency, Inc., stepped through the open door cut into the side of the steel building. Otto Litke? A telephone call had brought her from Lodo, gleaming with its shiny new high-rises and transportation hub, to this prefabricated box of the rocky ringside gym. The building was similar to the other small manufactories, ranks of storage lockers, metalsmith shops, and salvage offices that lined the grimy spur of Denver's Umatilla Street, hiding under elevated I-25. Squinting toward the glare of the doorway, the man stood. But he didn't gain height so much as width. A barrel-shaped body pushed his arms out at the elbows, and slabs of hairy flesh formed his chest and belly. A bald head the size of a cannonball sat on the heave of trapezius muscles that served as a neck. I'm him. What are you selling? My name's Julie Campbell. You phoned our agency. You wanted to discuss some urgent business with us. Eyes squeezed by high cheekbones blinked twice. I wanted Jim Rayford. I asked him to come over. He's my dad. He's tied up on another job right now. Perhaps I can help you. Rayford's your old man? Litke studied the tall woman. 
somewhere in her mid-twenties, maybe. Attractive and healthy-looking. Light brownish-blonde hair pulled back behind the collar of her tan business jacket. Jaw was a little too long, and that seemed to be the only thing in her face of the Jim Rayford he remembered. You don't look like a P.I. In fact, she looked like window dressing, what was it called? The self-confident Colorado look for a corporate office. Julie smiled politely. One of the things a private detective wanted to achieve was not looking like a private eye. But I am. How long you been working for him? With him. I've been his associate for over two years. If you prefer to talk to him, he'll be back this evening. With him. One of those ball busters. Rayford's kid, despite her looks. How late? Six or seven. He may be able to come over in the morning.